With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, you know it. It is time once again for Here We Go, the Steelers show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Kevin Smith is alongside me as well. My co-host, and I'm his co-host as we do this together, two hosts on the show, and we're so glad to be here. Tell you what, I'm elated. I'm going to say it right now, 27 to 15 and just like last week that score was not that close it really i mean that looks like it was actually a game when you read it on paper that was not a game at all was it kevin smith it was not brian it was not and it feels like a exciting time to be a steelers fan i'll tell you what the first the first two preseason games you should always pump your brakes in the preseason but this has a little bit of a different feel to it I'm sure we're going to talk about that, but this doesn't feel like a team that's just kind of playing well in the preseason. This feels like a team that is really coming together and doesn't have too many glaring weaknesses. And that's that's a cause for some excitement for sure. Absolutely. We are going to talk about that and more and also uh, take a peek ahead to just four days away. We're getting ready for the Atlanta Falcons to host the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that is going to be something incredible as well. There will not be a Steelers preview this week. There will be a Steelers post-game show. So that's something to know. And so get ready for that. That will be on Thursday evening. All week long, though, we're going to be getting ready for this game and recapping week two. Once again, the Pittsburgh Steelers 27, the Buffalo Bills 15 at Acrisure Stadium, and as Kevin alluded to, just a fantastic night. Now, we're here on Fans First Sports Network, 
and this is still Curtain Network. And make sure you check out Fans First Sports Network, growing every single day for all of your sports needs. The website is up. It's fansfirstsports.com. So definitely make sure you check that out. If you're a Pittsburgh Steeler fan, but you have teams from other cities that you root for in other sports, check it out. We are adding so much so quickly, and it is all quality programming. So make sure you check it out. But remember, for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have quality programming right here. So make sure you go back and check out this morning's episode of Let's Ride with Jeff Hartman. Last night, another Q&A. Pay from the homies joins Jeremy Betts on that show. We also had an episode of the homies over the weekend and state of the Steelers as well on Friday. So, so much good stuff here. You got to check it out. But the big thing, if you haven't had a chance to check out the Mike Tomlin press conference recap and the Steelers post game show, which I actually was not on last night. I was on assignment. I took some time off, but Jeff and Dave took care of business for me and I really appreciate it. So make sure you check all that out if you did not have an opportunity to check out the game. But we're going to tell you all about that game right now, Kevin. Mike Tomlin has said this in the past, and he said this in week four. I get After the Steelers played the New York Jets, and Gunnar Olszewski had his second fumble of his Steelers career in three weeks. And he was asked about it, And the gist of the comment was, I can't remember the first part, but it was like, it's an occurrence the first time. But this was his exact quote, the second time is a habit. So the Steelers scored 27 points two weeks in a row in the preseason. The first team offense scores most of those points. Kenny Pickett is three for three with with touchdown drives. And the Pittsburgh Steelers defense surrenders zero points when you're talking about that first team defense. So Kevin Smith, is this the start of a habit? Well, if it is, then that means that the Steelers starting offense will score every time they have the ball and the defense will yield no points for the entire season. So (laughs) I'll take that. Yeah. Um, You know, is this the start of a habit? Well, to start with the, the 27 points, if the Steelers averaged 18.1 points per game last year, which was 26th in the league, and they finished 9-8, and eight, and they, they appear to be better on defense than they were last year. So if they could be uh, a, a one-game-over 500 team last year, scoring 18 points a game, what could they be if they can get themselves in the neighborhood of 27 points a game like they've produced the first two preseason games? Even if you maybe they don't match twenty seven points a game, but maybe they get maybe they're a touchdown better. This this team right now looks like on offense uh, a touchdown better than last year, and a touchdown better puts you at twenty five points per game, which would still put you in the top twelve to thirteen in the league. And if you're nine and eight, averaging eighteen points a game, and the defense is comparable, if not better, than twenty five points a game or in that neighborhood bodes really, really well for the season. So again, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but but what the offense has done so far is really encouraging. And it, it sort of gives you the feeling that, hey, we're going to score a lot more points this year. So right now, if you take averages, the Steelers will win every game 27 to 11. Well, of course, <laughs> that's not going to happen. 11 doesn't happen very often in the NFL. Uh, we've seen the Steelers score 11 and win that 11 to 10 game, remember, way back in the 2008 Super Bowl season. But look, 27 to 11 right now, that's going to feel good. But this is the reason it feels good. There aren't one-trick ponies. There's not one guy doing it. It's a whole slew of football players scoring. So if we look at the guys that have scored, how many, besides Kenny Pickett, have double-digit touchdowns? And if I'm not mistaken, there's zero. So, yeah, I mean, you look at, at uh, obviously the ball's being spread around. It's funny, the Steelers scored 27 points, and it was a pretty unremarkable night for both Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. So, what? and again, Najee Harris didn't play a whole lot. So, they're obviously 
the diversity that they have and the depth that they have on offense is encouraging. But let, let, let me talk about the first drive for a minute, because the first drive I thought was so indicative of, of like who this Steelers team is right now. And it's because of some of the little things that they did. So, for example, early in the drive, the Steelers find themselves in third and seven. And Buffalo comes with some pressure. And Kenny Pickett's forced to step up in the pocket. But rather than take off, which he often did last year, and rather than actually even kind of scramble to the outside but stay behind the line of scrimmage, we saw a lot of that last year where where he's fleeing the pocket but still trying to make a play downfield. And that can be really difficult because NFL defenses are fast and you get off schedule and everybody starts running like a fire drill and uh, you, you know you got to be very precise with the ball. But Pickett doesn't doesn't flee. He he steps up. He moves about two steps to his right, and then before he's really planted his feet, he's sort of kind of off balance, and he throws a, a dart to Allen Robinson for a first down. And to me, that was a huge indicator of his growth and his progress. The fact that he didn't flee the pocket, that he was able to keep the eyes downfield, but yet remain within the proximity of the pocket, which allowed the whole route tree and the, and the integrity of all the routes to stay, stay on schedule, which means he's still in his progression and which means Buffalo still has to cover. Uh, and you're just buying yourself extra time that those Buffalo D backs have to remain in coverage. And if Kenny Pickett can do that, because we talked about this a lot in the off season, can Kenny Pickett increase his pocket awareness? If he can do that, he's going to put a lot of pressure on defense. So that's one thing, right? You, you, you see him convert that, that big third down there early on. And then on the very next play, they shake Jalen Warren loose on his 63 yard touchdown run. And, and that's another play where just sort of like little things that I don't think the Steelers would have been able to do last year, but they did this year or they, or they can this year showed up. They run an outside zone play to the left An outside zone requires your lineman to be fairly athletic. They've got to reach the outside shoulders of adjacent linemen. Sometimes you got to go two gaps uh, across moving laterally to be able to do that. And the key block on Warren's touchdown run, other than the ones thrown downfield by the receivers, but the key block that sort of frees him from the line of scrimmage is thrown by Isaac Sayamala, the, the left guard. And, you know, Sayamala just does it so beautifully, man. He, he sort he reaches out to his left. He passes over one of the first linemen that's Mason Cole's inevitably going to take over. And then he climbs up and picks up a second lineman and he pins his outside shoulder uh, and, and actually uses his butt. Once he pins his outside shoulder, he actually uses his butt to like box him out the way that, that like a basketball player would do uh, get while getting a rebound. And Jalen Warren, you know, goes right off right outside that block and he's up into the alley and then he makes stuff happen from there. But the Steelers couldn't have done that last year because you know, Kevin Dotson wouldn't have been able to make that block. He doesn't, Kevin Dotson doesn't get laterally well enough to be able to put himself in position to do that. So right just on those two plays, you see these two differences from last year, subtle differences, but differences that result now in a touchdown, right? Kenny Pickett probably doesn't convert that third and seven last year because he probably runs out of the pocket and has to kind of throw the ball away. And even if he does, the Steelers probably can't spring Warren for that long run because they can't block the outside zone play as well as they did on Saturday night. So, you know, again, when you really kind of dive in, you, you look at it and you say, hey, wow, they're really better than they were last year. And that is not just a personal fit, but excuse me, a personnel fit, but it's a scheme fit as well, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Steelers ran a decent amount of outside zone last year, especially late in the season, but uh, they, they weren't great at it. They were okay at it. They weren't great at it. And they've now, uh, I think, I, I think picking up, say, Amalu, was done with a lot of different reasons in mind, but scheme being one of them that, that the Steelers said, Hey, look, let's, we want to get better at attacking the perimeter in our core run game. How are we going to do that? We need to get a little more athletic with our interior alignment. And so they went out and they did that. So when we go ahead and take a look at the offense, and this is something we did in the entire off season, we talked about newcomers and you just talked about Isaac Samalo. And I, I can't say enough about 
this guy, and I'm sure we'll be talking about him all season long. He seems like one of those guys that is going to take that big jump in his career with a uh, with a new location and a, and a, a brand new situation. He's still in the state of Pennsylvania, but it's really exciting to uh, see what he's doing and everything you explained. I and I'm not a film guy. I'm a feel guy. Um, but when I'm watching that yesterday, I can see exactly what he's doing. I was like, this is just majestic. So, but let's go ahead and take some of these guys that are filling new positions this year. Let's start with the offensive line. And we're not going to talk about Shooks. We're not going to talk about, of course, we're not going to talk about uh, Dan Moore Jr. We're not, we're not talking about, because it seems like the tackles are in the right spot. We're talking about uh, Mason Cole, not really, because he's still there too. He's an incumbent as well. The same with uh, number seventy-eight. He is—he's um, definitely not. Uh, we're not seeing anything different with James Daniel. So the one guy that we're seeing something different with is Isaac Samalu over Kevin Dotson, and you talked about that. So the offensive line really don't even have to take a look at here. But when you're looking at other spots on the offense, you're not looking at the quarterback. You're not looking at the running back. You're looking at basically the wide receivers. And the newcomers that I want to talk about here are Allen Robinson and Calvin Austin III. We have seen three phases of Calvin Austin III's game. We have seen him on jet sweeps. We've seen him catching a long ball. We saw him catching some, uh, you know, slants yesterday as well. And then we saw the punt return. What aspect of Calvin Austin's game do you think is going to be most beneficial to the Steelers? Well, let me, let me, uh, let me sort of context the answer to that question. That's a good question. Um, because those two, those two guys go hand in hand. Allen Robinson, by, by acquiring Allen Robinson to play in the slot, the Steelers can now move Calvin Austin outside where he's actually better. I think everybody identifies him as a slot receiver because of his style, his quickness and how shifty he is. But he played outside a lot in college at Memphis and was a really good route runner. And when I was at Steelers training camp, I remarked about, I remarked, uh, about this on the show, I think last week or two weeks ago. Um, he was – he was noticeably uncoverable when he got split out wide, but in 11 on 11 drills, when he went into the slot, he was hard to find. He just disappeared in there at five foot eight. And I was curious about, I kept thinking to myself because Allen Robinson didn't practice that day and I didn't get to see Allen Robinson and Austin was in the slot a lot. And I kept thinking, are they going to be able to get him the ball? Because like, he disappears, man. That's a that's a hard place for him to operate. The nuances of the slot position are complicated. His size isn't a great match for it. I just don't know if he's a slot guy. But by acquiring Robin, uh, who in his short time on the field, you know, Kenny Pickett targeted a couple of times, and they they seem to have developed a really nice chemistry. They've been allowed now to move Austin outside, where he can run those vertical routes, where you can get him isolated. You put him on the backside of a three by one set. And now the defense is in a big dilemma, right? Think about the number of options the Steelers have if they go three by one on the on the front side, on the on the three receiver side. Man, you got Pickens and Johnson and Fryermuth, and you can put uh, Robinson over there, and you can you can put Darnell Washington over there. You got you got to dig, you know, uh, as a defense, you really got to dig in to cover the trip side, which leaves you one on one on the back side, and I get you isolated on Calvin Austin, and that's that's really exciting. Um, so. So the aspect of his game that I like the most is the freedom the Steelers seem to have found him by acquiring Allen Robinson and letting Austin play outside because we've seen it now. Jet sweep, pump return, vertical route, whatever it might be. You put him in space and he's a problem for defenses. And the Steelers haven't had a guy like that since Antonio Brown. I'm not saying Calvin Austin III is Antonio Brown, not at all. I'm just saying the Steelers – have not had a guy who can work in space like Austin does since Brown was at his best. And that element really elevates this offense. That is absolutely what I'm looking for. Before we go to the break, who else on offense do you want to talk about before we take on the defense and uh, look at due to the week on the other side? Yeah, well, 
obviously Jalen Warren, that's a great touchdown run on his part. He makes a splash play immediately. And when you think about Warren, we've barely seen Najee Harris in the first two preseason games, which is wonderful because everybody understands he's going to get the lion's share of the carries and there's going to be a lot of wear and tear on him. But to have a guy like Warren to be able to go to really gives the Steelers a one-two punch that, again, they've been lacking as well. I mean, I, we can think back to playoff games, like games where Le'Veon Bell was injured or was unable, you know, or went out early in that AFC Championship game in 2016 against New England. And the inability to really have a backup who could uh, maintain the standard that the starter held really hurt the Steelers in those games. And it, and it, it certainly looks like with Jalen Warren that they've got a one in Harris and a one A in Warren. And that, again, that speaks to the significant depth that this roster uh, has and, and what a magnificent job by the front office in constructing it with that in mind. All right. It's time for you to keep the coach's headset on, but we need to talk about, we got to try to get in the mind of the average Yinzer fan. And there's a trend with the Yinzer fan that is making me nervous here. And it's people thinking that Najee Harris is now washed up and Jalen Warren is the way to go here. And I'm thinking you just said one and one a, and how important that is. How do we convince them that you don't want to just pick the guy that's looking the best in preseason, that there is a method to Mike Tomlin's madness here as well. Sure. I mean, you look throughout the league right now. How many how many feature running backs are getting significant carries right now or have done anything worth noting? I mean, it just it's not that time of year for running backs. This is the time of year really where the backs are still working on their timing with the linemen and with the with the the quick hook that the offensive lines get in preseason. That also means that you're going to get a quick hook for the starting running backs. You're not going to put your starting running back out there behind the second team offensive line, whom they have no chemistry with. And so, you know, I think that I think it's like an out of sight, out of mind thing that people see Jalen Warren and he's doing these these great things, and they don't really see Najee Harris right now. And they say like, oh, well, we don't really need Najee Harris. But I would argue that the Steelers need Najee Harris very much so. When the Steelers got going last year. Not coincidentally, it was when Najee Harris got going, right? When Najee Harris got healthy and and when he kind of got back to form, the Steelers' offense improved. And we're all excited about Kenny Pickett. We're all excited about the receivers and, and some of the options that they have. But don't don't deceive yourself into thinking Kenny Pickett doesn't need Najee Harris and a, a stud run game. That's still going to be Pittsburgh's identity. They're going to run the football and they're going to build from there. And I think that, you know, a little bit of uh, success right now, that, sh that shouldn't be like fool's gold, man. I, I don't think we should feel as though uh, that, that suddenly the Steelers were, are going to morph into like a, a, the L.A. Chargers or a team like that that's, that's just decided to, hey, let their quarterback just chuck it around. Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I think this is very disconcerting. You know, you hear that with Deontay Johnson. Well, you have George Pickens now. You don't need this guy. Trade him for someone good, and that's just not the way things happen so i caution fans that why don't you just save guys for a rainy day or trust the steelers to implement both of them in the game just like i, I think they did this in the past with one of the best running games of all time for the steelers not just franco harris but rocky blyer with that thousand yard season in 1976 yeah, and, and you know, football was different back then, but the concept hasn't changed. The the notion that you can keep your backs fresh uh, by rotating multiple guys through there, and and in doing so, you're going to create problems for defenses as they get worn out late in games. To be able to let Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren share some carries in the first half, even into the third quarter, and then let let Najee Harris be the closer is a great recipe because he's a great closer. And so I think that's the route the Steelers will wind up going. Kevin, I'm getting winded. I got to take a break coach. So if you don't mind, I'm going to get, take a, 
32. Now let's take a two minute breather. We will be back right after this for the second half. We're going to talk about the defense on Here We Go, the Steelers show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. They both come in giftable boxes with savings up to $46 and free shipping for a limited time. Go to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Put me back in, coach. I'm ready to play again. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Coach Kevin Smith is with me as well. And this is Here We Go, the Steelers show. We are the hosts of this every Tuesday at 5 a.m., dropping sharp on Fans First Sports Network's The Steel Curtain Network for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. And there's going to be a lot of them right now. And there's a lot of excitement after a 27-point effort for the second week in a row. And you're seeing a lot of touchdowns. And the big thing about that, Kevin, that is most impressive, those 27 points do not include a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown. And in the past, when the Steelers score close to 30 points, it seems like somebody else has chipped in and you've got to be, hey, wait a second. Remember, that wasn't all the offense. You're giving a lot of credit to offensive players, and that's great. But if you look at the defensive side of the ball, not too shabby, especially that those first half defenses only given up seven points all preseason. That's two games, only one touchdown. And that, if I'm not mistaken, was at the end of the second half, excuse me, at the very end of the first half yesterday. You know, what was telling about the defense yesterday uh, or Saturday night against Buffalo was how much pressure they were getting on Josh Allen just by rushing four guys. And Buffalo on their second series made a really interesting change. They scrapped their, their deeper passing game. They went to a timing game and they substituted and went to a heavier personnel group so that they could, they could keep the tight end in as a pass blocker. And that's a big deal right there, right? It's preseason. The Steelers are not running any elaborate blitz packages. They're rushing four guys. It's it's Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward and Montrevis Adams and TJ Watt. And Buffalo can't protect it. 
And I thought that was fascinating that the Bills had to make that adjustment. They threw the Bills through a couple perimeter screens. Uh, they went to their quick timing game and they brought in uh, and went heavy protection in the on the second series of the game. I mean, that was a that was a, that was the Bills saying, "All right, we need to get Josh Allen some work, but for the love of God, let's not get him hurt right now." So we need to make a scheme adjustment because we can't block the Pittsburgh front four. And the scheme adjustment, you know, was the, was the quick game and max protection. And to me, that was a huge sign of a Steelers defense that was just like humming and ready to go, man. I mean, they were getting after it up front. And, uh, and when you can force a team like Buffalo to have to get out of whatever their game plan was that early, then that speaks volumes about where your defense is. And when you get out of a game plan in a preseason game, that's odd because preseason game plans are meant not to not to have to avoid disaster, but to set up and see what your personnel on your side is. Now, Dave Schofield likes to use the, the phrase that Mike Tomlin uses a lot, nameless gray faces, when it comes to any preseason game because you're not there to watch the opponent. For me yesterday, I was there to see how they looked against Josh Allen, who is an MVP candidate and who is that darn good. But for the Buffalo Bills, they they were not facing nameless gray faces. They had to, if you have to scrap your, your game plan, you're trying to avoid injury, disaster, and they still got hit with an injury yesterday to a quarterback. It wasn't Josh Allen. It was Matt Barkley. But the whole thing... When you look at it, when you're creating havoc in the preseason, and this ends up being a wasted game for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Barkley, I you know I hope he's okay. Do you, what, do you, what what happened to him? Do you know what his injury elbow. was? Elbow. It was an elbow. Okay. Um, I, I the uh, maybe maybe there was something going on with him, but the the interception he threw to Joey Porter Jr. that that was a horrendous interception. It was. I mean, Neil O'Donnell-esque. What's that? Neil O'Donnell from the Super Bowl 30. Oh, I mean, it was, it was bad. I, I don't know. Like a high, my high school quarterback that wouldn't do that. And I just, it just, uh, it made me shake my head. Matt Barkley's been around a long time. You know, I was just covered too. And Porter trailed the receiver and the safety. If Porter wasn't there, the safety was either going to pick it or light up the wide receiver one or the other. I mean, it just was. It was a bad decision, but uh, you know, that's that's what happens when a defense is putting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks, and, and you, know, you start to use the famous the famous Sam Darnold quote. You start seeing ghosts. You know, I mean, it's possible that Barkley was uh, like trying to get the ball out quickly, or saw anticipated something else, didn't see what the Steelers were doing there because uh, yeah, they were harassing him. So they're they're obviously stirring up an awful lot of uh, an awful lot of. Uh, you know, excitement and chaos on defense, but we were talking about new guys, right? And we, we mentioned some, some of the new guys before the break here, a couple guys who stood out to me on defense, partially for their play, but also for their enthusiasm. Quan Alexander looks like he's having a blast. I mean, he looks like a guy who is really excited to be in Pittsburgh. And I mean, he's, he's just running around and whether he's making plays or not, he seems really excited to be on the field. You rarely, I don't think you don't see guy. I mean, he's been in the league for a while. You don't see guys who are as veteran as he is being that enthusiastic generally about preseason games. Um, his fellow linebackers, right? Cole Holcomb and Landon Roberts, they get off of blocks. That was one of the most exciting things for me to see last night was like, or Saturday night was like Cole Holcomb getting off blocks. Because no offense to last year's linebackers, but in many regards, they were block magnets. One of the things we just didn't see Devin Bush and to maybe a lesser degree Miles Jack do was get off of blocks. Robert Spillane blew up a lot of blocks, but he wasn't exactly skilled at, at, at shedding and getting to the football. So, so that was exciting to see. I thought Marcus Golden played with a ton of energy. He's another guy. He, he made a play on a, on a third and two where he came across and, uh, and and had a, a big stop to force a punt and kind of got up from the pile and was stomping and waving and really excited to be there. That's another veteran guy. It, it feels as though a lot of these veterans 
are are really excited to be in Pittsburgh. And, and again, I, maybe it's the Mike Tomlin factor, man. Maybe it's the maybe it's the fact that you put on the black and gold. Sometimes I've been a Steelers fan for forty some years, and sometimes I still look at that uniform with a sense of awe and think to myself, man, this what what an amazing feeling it must be to put on that uniform. And I don't know, man. Maybe some of these veteran guys feel the same way. The Steelers are are NFL royalty, and you go from like Quan Alexander was with the Jets, who have been a notably downtrodden franchise for a long, long time. And suddenly you find yourself wearing the black and gold and you're playing for Mike Tomlin, man. It, re- it re-energizes you. Well, when you're Marcus Golden and you're Quan Alexander and you're going from the Cardinals and the Jets respectively, it's like going to Youngstown from Youngstown State to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, it it's it's a lot bigger deal and uh, because yeah. There's so much more culture and program there. And that's the same in Pittsburgh. So it's, uh, I can see why they're excited. Now you look at a guy like Marcus Golden. He's the one Pittsburgh Steeler that I feel bad for. Because he was brought in. And he is not in the same situation that Melvin, Melvin Ingram, the Melvin Ingram, the third, excuse me, was in. He is not, he's not an ego guy here. And so he's in a situation where he was coming in to be the third linebacker. And then you have a rookie phenom and we can actually call after a second game and doing it against a first teamer yesterday, you could call one Nick Herbig, a phenom, a rookie phenom at this point in preseason. He certainly looks the part. I will say this. I think Marcus Golden still has a role. Uh, because he's, oh, he's a good, not losing he's, his job, yeah. No, he's a very good run stopper, and he's he's ahead of Nick Herbig in that sense. But I mean, Nick Herbig certainly looks as though he is a a, a guy who's going to be able to rush the passer at an NFL level right away. Um, but probably needs a little bit more a little more work in his run defense. So, yeah, and I think I think both Golden will, will a have a role, and then b he like you just mentioned feel, seems like a guy who's found kind of a new lease on life football wise. And I would be shocked if he doesn't accept whatever role the Steelers are willing to give him. You would almost think that, uh, that when you come to a Mike Tomlin team and uh, I'm still going to go back to that Youngstown state, Ohio state comparison. When you come here, it's just a refreshing change. You know, you have homecoming is a whole lot bigger and playing in Akershire stadium um, versus playing in Tampa last week, Tampa. Sure. They've got two rings in 58. I mean, in how many years they've been around um, almost 50 years, but come on, the culture's not there. And that crowd, the reason I'm bringing up, but that's the crowd that they were playing for last week. And, a majority of that crowd was cheering for black and gold happens a lot in Florida happens a lot in California. I went to a Jaguars game in 2014 and it was 75% Pittsburgh fans there. Um, You you know, so that's one thing that you look at. I, everybody you talk to is like, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, but I've lived in Fort Myers for 20 years or, 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 or where have you, you know, and then it's like the Rolling Stones coming to your town. You know, you're like, oh, they're coming. We've got to go see them. Not coming to your town, but coming two hours away. Or and so people flock in because they're close, and they don't mind making that trek because they can't make that trek to Pittsburgh. So when those players are now seeing that atmosphere in Acrisure, and a lot of people were talking about how that crowd should have gotten a game ball, and that's a preseason crowd. That's going to amp these guys up. Yeah, well, it's you know it speaks to the buzz around this team right now because it really feels as though there's a buzz and uh, a lot of new players and a lot of exciting young players and obviously the performance that they've put forward these first two preseason weeks has everybody excited. And I think I think one of the things that as I'm watching the game Saturday night, one of the things I kept thinking is remember remember back however many years ago it was. I'm going to say maybe 2019 or so. 2018 the uh 
the sort of famous game against the Chargers on Monday night football or Sunday night football where where the Steelers needed needed one stop, one stop to get the ball back with a chance maybe to kick a field goal and tie the game. That was 18. Uh, 2018, right? Yeah. And they and they and they wound up with one of their linebackers covering Keenan Allen in man coverage in the slot. And Allen, of course, you know, toasted them on an option route and they completed the pass and you know, won the, ran the clock out, won the game, et cetera. That, that was a Steelers defense that could get manipulated in those situations by good offensive coordinators because they didn't have options. And this Steelers team has so many options. And just a subtle example, on the first play of the game last night, or I keep saying last night, Saturday night, on Buffalo's first play of the game, they in a little option route where they matched up their rookie tight end Dalton Kincaid, who you know they like a, a lot. They matched him up one on one against Landon Roberts, and he just you know he just kind of read Roberts's leverage and he he did a little fake outside and inside. It wasn't bad coverage by Roberts, but um, but they beat him you know back inside for like a seven yard gain, and the you know second and three etc the next time they got into a situation where the Steelers anticipated it could be a pass they put Quan Alexander out there and Quan Alexander is a really good coverage linebacker and you didn't see uh Buffalo come back to any of those style option routes because the Steelers aren't aren't now in a situation where they're stuck with a Landon Roberts having to play the pass he's a really good run defender he gets downhill if, if you've watched him so far, that's one thing you notice right away, man. The dude goes downhill fast. Um, but coverage is not his thing. And this is a team that doesn't have to get stuck with him on the field in a bad matchup. And again, that's exciting. You know, you you, you think like, oh, well, they don't they they got options. And it's it feels like it's just been a little while since the team has had this many different ways to play you, right? They got a lot of different ways that they can beat you right now. And yeah, that, I think that's part of the reason there's such a buzz about this team. I'm going to piggyback on that, and I'm going to say this is probably the deepest Steelers team I remember really since the 1970s, and that includes the 1990s, and that includes the glory years in the 2000, like 2006, 2008. I, I just really feel that there's not that much of a drop-off. You always talk about last year they were talking about how the uh, the Eagles' second-team defense uh, could probably be top 10 as well with the way they played last year. I'm almost thinking that the Steelers' second-team defense would, if you rank all second-team defenses, they'd be top three, probably. I mean, I'm, I'm still going to consider the Eagles as one of the best, but I feel, wow, this is a deep team on offense and defense and even on special teams as well. Let's talk a little more defense here. Joey Porter Jr. We talked about how bad that pass was from Matt Barkley, but it was amazing. I I watched it. I watched the clip over and over. He pushed Shakir out of the way, and it was legal because they weren't that far downfield. But that could have been a push off in some instances, but I don't think it was beyond the five yards. Nope. But he did make that he made that play and he was in the right spot but it was so beautiful to see what do you say it's only one game and maybe a couple quarters but what are you seeing out of Joey Porter well, i mean first of all that the interception it was it was perfect cover 2 technique he's pressing him at the line of scrimmage he funnels him outside which is exactly what you're supposed to do in cover 2 right for force the receiver to have an outside release uh and then the thing he did really well was that he zone turned, which means like that means that when, once he got off one, the jam, he turned his hips in into the quarterback so he could locate the quarterback right away. And that might that might have been the thing that really messed up Matt Barkley is that Barkley may have been anticipating a man turn. So a man turn is when you come off of the contact and, and you turn your the, the defensive back turns into the receiver. So he essentially puts his back to the quarterback and you really, you can't see the ball that way, but Porter zone turned, which is the opposite, right? He, he funnels him and then he, and then he opens his hips inside so he can see the quarterback and then he turns and runs. And 
you know, you can't really do that well unless you've gotten a good jam on the receiver because once you turn inside, you lose the receiver. So if you, if you haven't jammed the receiver well, when you turn inside, he's going to run away from you. But Porter, it all started with, with you know, what he was able to do with the line of scrimmage, which speaks to his length and physicality. He is long and physical. And we, I think everybody's been talking about that, you know, all camp. I watched him in camp battle with George Pickens. It was a really physical matchup. And, and Porter's length uh, leapt out. You could just really see how well he used it. And he used it on that interception, and 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 it made it easy on him. And the ball pretty much came right into his lap because he was in perfect position. So, so I see a guy right now who's doing a lot of little things right, and he, and he's probably going to get banged for some pass interference penalties because he's a little handsy, and that's going to be something he's going to have to learn to adjust to. But at the same time, I think you'd rather have to pull him back than wind him up. He's not a guy you're going to have to wind up. He plays with a motor. He's got good technique. And he's got a he's got the skills I think that uh, that every that you need to be able to play this style. So right now he feels like a perfect fit for the Steelers. And he has soundbite ability, just like dear old dad. <laughs> when he came out and said, "God gave me these arms for a reason," and that's talking about his lack of interceptions at Penn State and the fact that oh no, I can catch the ball too. He is uh, he's wearing the number of Uncle Ike. But Uncle Ike was not known as having very good hands whatsoever. If Ike had good hands, he would have been a perennial pro bowler. That's how yeah. good Ike Taylor was. But Ike Ta- nobody is going to go back and say Ike Taylor wasn't a great corner for the Steelers. He's considered, I would, th- I would think he's considered top 10, if not top 5, or maybe right outside the top 5 of all time. So his numbersake, Joey Porter Jr., being having a numbersake as uh, Ike Taylor, you know, don't expect to see those hands. And just because he wasn't catching a lot of passes in a couple years at Penn State doesn't mean that he can't do it on the next level. Yeah. I mean, I don't know who the corner opposite of Joey Porter was at Penn State, but I throw at that guy. I, you know, I, I, I would <laughs> That's not... what they did. Yeah, you know, like, and that's that's a big reason why I didn't have the picks because you look at him and you think, I, you know, no offense to like Purdue, which is a, always has a, a great passing game, but I can't imagine they've got a, a receiver that's going to be able to get off, get away from Joey Porter. And I, you know, I just don't think that they've got an athlete of that caliber. And so, you know, you're thinking about a lot of those Big Ten schools, the Indianas and the Purdue's and the Northwesterns. Are they going to throw a Porter or are they going to throw somewhere else? They're going to throw somewhere else. Do you have any? Other guys on defense you want to mention before we take it on out of here? Now we hit on a bunch of them. I will say this. You know what? One thing I, I loved was um, we mentioned like first play of the game on offense that the Bills ran. And they, they threw to that little option route to Kincaid matched up against Roberts. And I think that gave him like a second and two. And on second down, they, they then tried to run a, an outside zone play. And Minka Fitzpatrick was walked all the way down to the line of scrimmage, right, in his sort of channeling Troy Palomalo. And he stuffed. The, the, the Bills were in, like, sort of a condensed set. And whoever the wide receiver was who was blocking him, Minka Fitzpatrick just stuffed him in the chest uh, and drove him into the backfield. And it forced the, the running back to bounce, and then Levi Wallace ran him down. Uh, for no gain and then on third down the Steelers got a lot of pressure on Allen and he had to throw the ball away so they the the Bills hit their first play for eight yards they wind up in second and two which is a great situation for the offense and they can't make the first down and one of the biggest reasons they couldn't make the first down is because Minka Fitzpatrick just manhandled the wide receiver trying to block him forced the running back to bounce uh, into an unblocked corner in the corner you know, Wallace was able to make a sound tackle. And again, little things, all these little things keep showing up. That's a little thing, but like, all right, if Mika Fitzpatrick isn't that physical at the line of scrimmage and he gets, you know, blocked and the running back can keep that run inside, they probably make a first down and maybe Buffalo gets into a rhythm on offense. Maybe they, cause that's how it works for offenses. Sometimes you make a first down, you start to be, you know, you get a little momentum, you get a, you get a feel for what you want to call, et cetera. Instead, it's a three and out. And I, now the offense coordinator has got to go back to his play sheet and, and like, okay, all right. So how do I want to start over again next series? So another little thing, but I think that speaks volumes about where the Steelers are. 
I'm loving it. I cannot wait to see them play the Atlanta Falcons coming up on Thursday. Let's talk about that game really quick. I We're not talking about matchups. That has nothing to do with what's going on here. It's about who plays. Now, we are already hearing word that starters are going to be playing again. Do you feel like it is going to be a little bit more since this is the last preseason game? Or... Are they a little wary about what happened to TJ Watt last year against the Detroit Lions? He did play in week one, but he was beat up. Yeah, I don't know. This is a really interesting question because Atlanta stylistically is uh, a, a different different animal than what the Steelers saw the first two weeks. I mean, they're, they want to pound the football. They've got some really good running backs. I mean, B. John Robinson and uh, Tyler Algier and – Desmond Ritter, a quarterback who can threaten you with his legs as well. Um, so, so they're gonna they're gonna be a team that's gonna want to want to run the football and set up the pass off the run. And whether or not you know, maybe that's what the Steelers want, or maybe they want to want to say like, hey, let's let's see how we operate out of our base three four, and and let's see how we how we do against a team that wants to hammer it at us. Or maybe they'll be like, mm, no thanks, you know, we don't we don't need this kind of pounding just yet. We feel pretty confident in our run fits and how all that's going to work out. So maybe it'll be a quick hook for the day. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I I do want to see him, though, against uh, stylistically against a team like this because it's a different matchup. Do you feel that Mike Tomlin and company on the coaching staff has seen really all they need to see at this point? No, I think that there's some things that they want to see uh, just situationally. I think they'd like to see Kenny Pickett run a two-minute drill or a hurry-up drill. Uh, I, I think that they'd like to see the defense, you know, against a, a team in some kind of a, a hurry-up situation. Now they're not going to play them an entire half. I understand that, but I think that they'd like to see them, you know, how how they handle some adversity or put them in an adverse situation. And um, I think that they probably have not seen enough yet out of. Uh, you know, like Darnell Washington, right? Or, or, or can they integrate him a little bit more with the first team on offense? And so I'm sure that there are still a few things that he wants to get to situationally that he hasn't gotten to yet. I mean, the offense, I don't think that they planned. I think I think the plan was to play two series, but I, I sure don't think the plan was uh, that they would score on their second possession in one play. So they probably wanted to see the first offense out there a little bit more. And maybe we will. Maybe we will see them a little more on Thursday. Well, I am so excited. It is time now for Dude of the Week. But before we get to Dude of the Week, let, let me say this. I have some honorable mentions, and I want to bring these guys up. And I'm not. we're not going to go too far into them. But look at what some guys are doing that nobody was really talking about before we got started with even training camp. And that's Elijah Riley's one of them. Now, we started talking about them. We had our source at FFSN tell us that uh, the Steelers really love this guy, and he's going to get a great shot. And he has been doing a lot of things, especially in this this game yesterday. Guy I got a shout-out to is Gunnar Olszewski. He was the leading pa pass catcher yesterday, and I really like what he's doing. Uh, he could be a fifth wide receiver in this game, so I got to say hats off to these guys as well. Yeah, I like the, the picking the role players. Uh, I'm going a different direction with my guy for, for due to the week just because I thought it was a, a, a welcome to Pittsburgh moment for Isaac Samalo on the, the, the Jalen Warren touchdown run. You know, just he, he makes the key block that springs Warren and, Right away, probably not something that you notice live, but when you go back and you re and you rewind it and you watch it a couple of times, you just see, oh, he's a difference maker on the offensive line, and and those are guys who largely toil in anonymity. Uh, so to be able to give a dude of the week shout out to Isaac Samalo is something that I do uh, with pleasure. And I tell you what, I'm going to give him a nickname that I'm going to try it on you because Dave Schofield and Jeff Hartman will just you know, slaughter me for this one. But I know you're around my age and you watched the love boat growing up. If you didn't, you're lying, Kevin. So I, I did, of course. So I'm going to go ahead and give this nickname. It is Isaac the Bartender. 
You know why? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because okay. he serves them up. <laughs> yeah, they, Jeff won't get that, man. Come no, on. No, He's too no. young. Yeah. yeah. No, he, he even if he got it. I mean, he he was mad when I uh when I kept on calling uh you know, Presley Harvin Elvis when he's a big guy and he could be the king. And by the way, let's throw, let's throw some kudos his way too. I'm not saying due to the week, but let's give him some honorable mention stuff too, because wow, he was yeah, in the back. We've been, night. Here, we've been hearing what he was doing in practice, but man, he's, he was booming against Buffalo. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I the ball, man. I'm good with that. I'm down with that. Mm-hmm. All right, so everyone would like do something with his last name. I'm going to say Isaac, the bartender, because he does. He serves up. He serves them up. Uh, let's go ahead and and do this, Kevin Smith. You've got some stuff going on on the uh, FFSN National Football Feed. What do you yeah. have going on this week? Uh, podcast this week. The call sheet uh, is partially on. The young quarterbacks in the NFL and how they're doing right now, year one and year two guys. Kenny Pickett will be a part of that conversation along with guys like Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis and uh, obviously the rookie class this year, Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. And and the best rookie so far in the NFL. Who's been the best rookie quarterback in the NFL so far, Brian? Do you know? It's not a a household name. Uh, For me, it is because we're talking about the Steelers scoring 27 a week. But if we're talking the same guy, I'm saying Aiden O'Connell. Heck yeah, good call, man. The Raiders. Aiden O'Connell has been the best. He has been the best rookie quarterback in the NFL so far. So we're going to talk about the progress of the rookie quarterbacks on the show, and and then uh, on SCN, I got an article coming out uh, probably on Tuesday, which breaks down Jalen Warren's touchdown run. So people want to. Dig into that one, the outside zone play, and Isaac Samuel's role in that one. Damn Moore, great block, too, on that play. So that'll be on Tuesday. Kevin, I am – a lot of people don't know this. Uh, I have a dual role here. Of course, you know what I do on Steel Curtain Network. I am the podcast producer for the Las Vegas Insider, also the Las Vegas Raiders Insider as well. And uh, the great Hondo Carpenter, who is an SI reporter, he uh, he puts a lot of content out there. He is inside the facility. He was calling me from Los Angeles at the practices. He was calling me from SoFi Stadium this week. And he is he has been talking about Aiden O'Connell since draft day. So this is a guy that a lot of people were talking about a possibility for the Steelers late. But he ended up a fourth rounder. He's He could be something special. Hmm. All right, maybe we'll have to get Hondo on to talk about. Yes, I, I'm going to go ahead and set that up for you. And wasn't he the quarterback at Purdue? Yep, at Purdue. That's correct. And you just mentioned Purdue. Yeah. So there we go. Um, we'll, have to, we'll have to ask him if he threw at Joey Porter. Yeah, that, that's that's what I want to know all about. So with that being said, it is time to get on out of here. Remember, Steel Curtain Network for all your Pittsburgh Steelers need. When we're getting ready for the season, this is our preseason too. But we are... We've got our full lineup. Our lineup is ready to go. It's locked and loaded, and we are feeling it, and we are going to present the Pittsburgh Steelers in the best possible way all season long. So make sure you check us out for uh, you know three times a day, and, and then some. The Michael and Press Conference recap is going to be coming up as well on Tuesday, so make sure you get ready to check that out. That is going to uh, – in fact, if I'm not mistaken – that's on just a couple hours from now. So get ready for that. And with that being said, we will get on out of here. Take it easy, KT, for KT. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Keep your feet on that ground. And keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.